Hello there. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast Product Management Stories. My name is Danny, I'm your host, and I will interview different people to hear about their journey becoming a product manager. I hope you will have a good time and, at best, can take away some learnings. All the best and enjoy the show. Phil, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Very, uh, very sun, so it's it's good today. This sounds awesome. Here it's also uh, very sunny. Where are you at right now? I'm in London, uh, London, United Kingdom, not Canada. I know some people from there, but no, <laughs> no, the one in United Kingdom. But this is already a good thing, right? You're saying it's sunny in London. Usually, this is not the combination you expect from London, huh? Not really. No, no, no. You expect more uh, gray and uh, a lot of changing in the in the weather during the day. <laughs> okay, but it's good that you have the sun over there. It's a, a good start for our podcast here. So, Phil, today it's all about sharing your experience you made while starting in product management. But before we jump into this, please give us a chance to get to know you as a person better. So, who are you? I'm French, but my parents are Portuguese. I'm also Canadian because I spent uh, eight years there and I got the nationality. Uh, I live my life mostly uh, abroad because I left France like 17 years ago. Uh, so my career is like, you know, international foodie. Uh, and finally, salsa, bachata dancer in my spare time, cook and uh, whiskey drinker. And <laughs> drinker, as you can see behind. Yeah, I can see it um, for the audience. Uh, as it's just audio, I can see a lot of bottles. You don't want to see this. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tell us a fun fact about you. A fun fact that I like to say is that I married two of my best friends. So it happened. Uh, it happened uh, quite quite a few years ago, almost like ten years ago. But they asked me to marry them, so I officed the, the the wedding. So I'm. Uh, it's it's kind of it was kind of an honor. But uh, when I say that to people, they're usually uh, they, they find it weird because it's something that is done in North America. You can be married by friends, but it's not in Europe. So I like to uh, I like to talk about that. Nice. Uh, let's talk about a bit more about this. <laughs> Um, so yeah, in North America, basically, you can ask anyone to marry you, and the only thing that you, the only thing that the person has to do is go to the authorities, say you know their name, put everything into paper, uh, and basically, you sign the paper. They tell you what to say during the wedding. Uh, in total, you can marry as, as many people as you want. You know that that you don't know, uh, but you are only limited to three couple. Uh, in your in your direct family, so you can't you can't marry everyone in your family, but you can marry at least like one or two people. So they they asked me uh, when we got married. It's people that were from France. Also, we, we did our studies there together and all that, and it was quite the honor to uh, when they asked me that. All right, this is a really crazy start to the podcast. I'm really looking forward to your answers to the the next questions we have here. All right, so please guide us through your professional background. So my professional background, I studied at university in computer science. Uh, I was I was kind of a geek when I was in school, and so when I was when I had to choose in France university, I just chose computers. You know, it was just logic. Uh, and then went into I didn't want to be a coder. It was like being behind a computer was a bit too much. So I was more towards maybe project management. I didn't know, so I decided to do like a, a master in entrepreneurship. And then I think as everyone was doing at that time, went into consulting, moved to Canada for an MBA, worked for for Fujitsu, like uh, in consulting again, IT services, when I started to do like a lot of a lot of product. 
And then afterwards, I started in a small company called Arby's, um, and I was like a full-fledged product manager, you know, working in Agile, everything that you hear now. And then when I came back to Europe, after a while, uh, I worked for Michelin in uh, IoT, so connected cars, which was really great as a senior product manager and mobile. And then I continued from there. So I had like uh, over expertise in HR in different industry, which is which is quite great, uh, which is quite great, but it, it covers approximately my background or at least the path that I followed in the last, yeah. in the last 10 plus years. And what inspired you to become a product manager? When I was in consulting, you know, there is this thing in consulting. It's really good because you come when there is always a problem. They don't call you because everything goes well. Uh, and I quite loved that. The problem is that in consulting, the, the feeling I had at the time is that I couldn't see the, the project or the product progress. You know, it's kind of you, you initiate the you initiate the change, you do the change, you put the new user experience or you put the new product in place. But then when it's time to run it, it's not your job anymore and you jump on another problem. And I was like, oh, you know what? It's good to always launch the thing, but I would like to be there for now continuing the success. And so this is this is why I looked at what were the profession that were at that time. And product manager was not known, though. It was kind of weird. It was kind of a new thing still in 2000, uh, 2010, 2011. So yeah, but this is, how, this is how I jumped in it directly. Can you say a little bit more about why you wanted to see what happens after the launch? You know, solving the problem is good, but you never know if you're right. The thing is that you initiate a change, which is good because you were like, okay, I, I see the problem. I identify the problem. I know the situation. I think I know what can be done. Then afterwards, you propose a solution, you start to put it in place. But until it hits the ground and it goes running, you don't know if you're right. You have, you have absolutely no clue. And certainly, you're certainly wrong. I mean, as an <laughs> the more experience you are in product management, the more you know that you will be certainly wrong with your first solution. And so being in the, in the second part you know, of, of the conception of product where you work with a team, you try to improve what you do, try to improve you know, the product, I, it was quite appealing for me after a few years in, uh, in, in consulting. So this is why I, I wanted to do that, to go, to go with the overall approach and also like be like one of the startups. You know, at that time, Facebook started to be popular. Google was already popular. You had like Foursquare, you had, you know, all this crazy app that started, you know, Silicon Valley was, was like booming. So you wanted to be part of that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so basically when you were a consultant, you were working on many projects, you solved a problem, but you never knew whether you really solved it. This made you curious to switch the role to really see what actually happened, for example, with the product. Exactly. Right. All right. Exactly. And can you tell me a little bit more about your very first job in product management? How did you get this? So I obviously, you know, since I had the, the background in consulting, building product, solving solution, user experience and all that, the first role I had was um, so in this company called ArcBees and what they were doing is open sourcing GWT. So Google Web Toolkit for people that remember that. And it was open source. So they were not getting any money with that. But what they were doing on the side is consulting on GWT for companies. So I we were having like a product team that we were, we were kind of, um, I will not say mercenary because it sounded a bit bad, but it's, it's that people could hire us basically to be part of their, their internal team. So we were providing at the same time the team plus all the methodology that we have to work towards product. So we were working mainly for clients, a bit for us with our, uh, with our open source, but it was, it was mainly for us. And this is how I, I really started. So it was a role between 
you know, customer raccoon success plus uh, product management plus product owner plus scrum master plus a lot of things. So again, so many hats as usually when you're a product manager. Exactly. The the the, the smaller the company, the more the more hats that you have to wear. It's it's uh, no <laughs> choice. Sure. Uh, it's not it's not a choice. <laughs> what were like the biggest changes you had at the beginning? You know, when you are building your own product, you're totally responsible for that. When you come as a consultant, it's always, you know, you bring the brand and it's like people listen to you. You're paid, you know, uh, with with um, high margin and everything. So so people obviously like listen to you and they put in place what you said, even if they don't want to, you know, the consultant came in, they said that. Where when you're working on your own project or even if you're working for a client, you have to do way more to make it to make it successful. So having the full responsibility of something of success and failure, like change change everything, I think that's uh, that's the biggest thing. And how did you overcome this challenge? Oof, took me time. Uh, <laughs> it took me time. At the beginning, you know, like is that when you reach that point, you think that uh, as a product manager, you're there to save the day. Um, you have this, you know, you're responsible of a product. You're the CEO of a product, and you know, all responsibility comes to you. You have a bit this um, Superman complex, which is which is a real complex, <laughs> and and you want to save everyone and make the world a better place. And I think one thing that is not said, whether it's through university and everything, is is personal growth that you have to do. That you're not there necessarily to to save the day, and whatever happens, you know. You just have to go with it uh, because you don't know what can happen. And, you know, it's Murphy's law. Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. So once you get punched in the face a few times, you start to develop a bit of a thick skin. And, and you know, it's easier for you to to grow in the, in the, in the role. I will quote you on product manager are there to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel I feel that's really the thing, you know, even when I talk to people they feel like, you know, product manager take all the decision. It's like we're in a sort of ivory tower that nobody has access to and we think about stuff that nobody thinks about. And sometimes it's also a question about how we think about the stuff. And when you talk to even if you talk to stakeholders it's it's a bit weird because you're in in this between, you know, world where you're not totally in the development so you're not part of a delivery per se, but you're not part of a decision making either. Because the decision making is done, so you you, it's a role that is really lonely at the same time. So, and and you have to grow through that. You have to understand that. You have to understand all those dynamics. Otherwise, the success that you're gonna have is gonna be really short term. Your career will be really, really short. One of the things you pointed out was that at the very beginning you have to take some punches into the face. I quote you because I really like the quote here. How did you deal with this at the beginning? Badly. Really badly, <laughs> because as I said, you know, if you have a if you have a Superman complex and you think like you think that everything is your fault, you think that you know you did a bad job, and if you're someone that questions themselves, if you're someone that think that needs to be the best, or if you have um, you know high expectation towards yourself, you can you can take it really badly. You can you can really struggle to go through that because um, when you when you have one of the sponges you don't know and and if you're in a small organization on top of it where everything that you do has a big importance whether on revenue or whether on the clients it's even worse so you really need to develop resilience and this is why I need you need to take a bit of punch in the face because it's also you know the story of life 
I think I think being a product manager in life is is really similar. You will go and you will encounter people that will not agree with what you want to do, that will resist the change. Um, you will not make them align behind you, behind the vision. So you will have to fight all of that. It's um, yeah, it's preacher and at the same time uh, fighter and battling for a lot of for in a lot of wars and everything. So. And to get to the resilience, how did you do that? Did you have like a coach or did you talk to your team? So how was the kind of development process that you get more and more resilient? So so there is two things. First of all, there is the, the people that are in the same world. I was, I was getting really close to the entrepreneurship world, which is product management and entrepreneurship is really close to each other. Except that entrepreneurs do that for themselves and build a company on their own. Product manager do that maybe for someone else. But the two roles have a big similarity. So obviously being close to this, to this field helps you because you, you have the same experiences at different level, but you have the same experiences. So sharing that, I always said that going into those groups or going into groups of product manager feels like a group therapy because those people that are alone in companies suddenly like, you know, come together and it's a bit like the, um, how is it called? You know, the, the alcoholic anonyms where we come is like, hi, I'm Phil. I'm a product manager. Hi, Phil. And you say, you know, why you're here? Yeah, I'm addicted to, you know, it, it's, it feels a bit like that when you're in a, whether you're in a meetup, they, they all, all the people say always the same thing. Oh, my stakeholder doesn't understand that. Or, you know, the team doesn't want to work on that. I don't know, like we can do customer discovery because we don't have a time. So those groups are really important. So that's the first alive that I get, you know, uh, in the field. And then afterwards, it's just making friends with the people around you. Because the people you work with and also people in our company, you know, have the same thing. So it's, it's, I think we, we mentor each other also in the field. It's, it's a field that is really open. So that's, that's a good thing for that. Two things on that. I think on number one, this is called APM, Anonymous Product Manager, a very well known group out there. <laughs> we should be <laughs> and, on that. <laughs> <laughs> and the second one is uh, totally with you right to you're not alone right other people have the same issues the same trouble everyone started at a certain point so talk to other people maybe other product manager in your company or they're outside the company i mean they're we are in, in a world in 2023 where so many possibilities to reach out to people, maybe LinkedIn, Twitter, like I did with you, right? We we found yeah. each other kind of over Twitter. We're talking now, so it's pretty easy. And there you can have a, a quick chat and get feedback on stuff. So I really like that too. It's very important to talk to others. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's really important. Is there like the one mistake at the very beginning of your product manager career, which you made, which was very big and you want to talk about? I think it's finding all the solution by yourself. That's, that's the biggest mistake. That's the biggest mistake you can do is, is trying to find, you know, trying to control everything. And once you find a problem, I know how to solve the problem. You know, that's kind of behavior. It's, it's, um, I was, I was answering on, on Twitter lately. Like it's, it's a big mistake where it's like, you think that you're on, um, I was saying that you're a, a sort of messiah on a godsend mission. And, uh, you know, you're on a crusade. If you, if you go on a crusade mode, you know, thinking that you have only the right solution and people should do like you say and everything, and you have the idea that is the one that is going to change the world, this is not going to work. Most of the time, I don't have the ideas. Most of the time, it's not me that decide on the solution anymore. And it's because, you know, there is way more, it's way more rewarding to empower people to be able to do what they want to do. 
And also, it's easier after that to ask the people to tackle bigger challenges or bigger problems if you allow them to do whatever, not whatever they want, but kind of being who they are, you know, in the field. Um, so that will be the biggest mistake I will say to people not to do, which is don't think that you can, you have to do or you can do everything by yourself. I think there's a great advice, especially for people who start their career. Usually they really want to show they are kind of worth it, that they can be part of the company and try to do everything, maybe even say yes to everything. So it's a very important advice that you shouldn't do that, right? Take your time, take your time to get to know the people. You don't need all the answers. This is also one of the things I really emphasize with my product manager. You don't have to be Wikipedia. You, ju you need to know where it is, right? So yeah. you talk to the people. You don't have to be a designer. You don't have to be an engineer and so on. But you have to surround yourself with the people who knows it and trust them. They are the experts and really enable them and empower them that they can do their best work. And you're the one in the middle who tries to get these dots together. Totally. And it was really weird for me because I was coming from the consulting world also. And, you know, as a consultant, you're, you're asked to bring the answers. Nobody, I mean, people question it, but it's, it's not seen the same way. You're, you're there for that. So it's, um, it's, it's really different. It's, um, it's a totally different way of, of working that. Concerning the consultancy role, you said uh, one very interesting thing. You said when you as a consultant went to a company, since you had this role, people were listening to you straight from the first second on. How was it when you became a product manager first? Did people listen or how did it work out? Um, if you were having the same approach, no. <laughs> if you're having because i feel that you know the, the world of consulting is a lot of ego right uh and it's, you kind of have to show it's power plays it's politics it's you have to show that you know um the most and and obviously some people in the field will reject you and so you have to do this kind of power plays where you have to manage the stakeholders and you have to deal with a lot of um with a lot of personal issues also when you reach for a team I think it's it's really different. You have to be you have to be accepted by the team. That's that's the first thing that you have to do. If you arrive and you're like, oh, I'm going to show you how it's done, uh, you're going to be rejected right away. You're going to be rejected right away. And for the people that have worked, you know, in factories or in construction site, they will understand that really quickly. You you can't you can't show up in any construction site or any factories and say, oh no, this is not the way to do it. You know, you will be rejected by the full by the full site like right away, and you will be a joke for the rest of the time that you're going to be there. It's exactly the same thing. You know, we are human beings, so you have to be accepted first. It's not, not the ego first, otherwise it's, it's, it's going to be a bad, uh, a bad experience. So advice in the end is to win over the team, right? Always, always, always be accepted by the team. You don't, you don't do anything alone. You don't do anything alone. So, yeah. Right. This is one of the things a product manager should especially focus on at the beginning of the career. What else? At their career, um, the second thing is to, you know, the job that you're going to get first, you should go in a perspective of learning, not doing. I think a lot of people go in there first. You know, I hear a lot about uh, aspiring product manager where they say, I want to make an impact. I want... You should forget that. It's really rare that you're going to make an impact in the first company you're in. Uh, just because you don't have necessarily the skill to do that. Um, and it's totally fair. You know, nobody asks you, you're, you're young, you may not know like exactly like I was doing. If you go from a perspective of wanting to learn and doesn't mean that you can't 
challenge doesn't mean that you can't push for stuff or try to understand why we don't do stuff differently. It just means that, you know, the way you choose your first experience will be totally different because you go for learning. So you may choose, you know, the people where you're going to be like, oh, you know, if I go, for example, in IoT, I will learn about big data and how to handle that, which is really useful because in the future, I want to work into that kind of field. Or if you go for a B2C companies, maybe because you want to be an entrepreneur and want to launch, launch your, um, your own app, for example. So going from a perspective of learning and as a journey, I think it's something that, that people should have in mind on their first job. That's a great view and I absolutely can relate to that. I've seen too many times that people join a company, they're either very new or just started actually their career and after five days they thought they can have the full understanding and judge for the first time and say hey this process is totally wrong and i'm always wondering come on it's your fifth day <laughs> try to get to understand the process where we are coming from from why we are doing it like that and so on take your time to really get to know um, the people yeah it's very important i really like that is there like a timeline so how long does it take to really learn product management is it like you know six months and then you are, in a, are good to go and can have an impact or how do you see that um i think in six months so Throughout your career, I think it will take less and less time because whether you're doing product management in a in a this you know small company A or small company B is exactly the same thing. The only thing that changes is that every company has their own way to do product. So the thing that you learn in the first six months is basically how do I do product in this company, not how do I do product management, which is which is a bit weird because. What happens is then when you go to meetups, you hear about other people doing product management and the jobs are totally different. And it's just because each company has their own way to do product because the dynamics are not the same, because the stack is not the same, because the clients are not the same, industry is not the same. There is plenty of parameters that, that make the role of product management different. Now, for the role of, of product management in, in itself, I, I feel that even after a decade, I'm still learning about it. So I will say that it will take you more than a decade <laughs> to learn about the role of product management in itself. This is what I will say. And this is what I, one of the things that I really like about uh, product management. I used to be a project manager before. And at a certain time, I thought I'm, I'm hit, I hit the ceiling. So there's not much more I can learn. I can maybe do larger projects. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but in the end, it didn't feel like I can actually grow as a person um, anymore. And when I came to product management, I don't have a decade. I'm only three and a half years in, but it's really still feels like every day there's something, something new I see, I learn. When I'm on Twitter and I see how many frameworks are out there, I know there are different opinions on frameworks, but nevertheless, they used uh, to, to solve a problem at least. There are so many things you can still learn. And this is, I think, one of the core things about product management. It's lifelong learning. You will never stop. There's not like you have now 10 from 10 points, you're finished, now you can go. No, it's always something you can still learn in, in this profession. And uh, yeah, one of the things I really love about product management. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's normal because, you know, product management is based on human desires. And human desires change with time. And it changed because of technology and it changed because of, uh, of uh, you know, what is happening in the world. So what people wanted 20 years ago is not the same thing as what they want right now. And so it creates a new problem, which requires a new solution. And if you think that someone has tackled the problem, nobody has tackled the problem. It's like when you encounter a new problem, it's a new problem to solve. 
you can apply the same principle. You can try to apply some frameworks and methodology, but in the end, you know, it's just it's just always the same thing. It's the foundation that are always the same, and you you tackle the problem the same way you have tackled the other ones, and you try to make the best decision with what you have. Absolutely agree on that. One more thing I would like to add. So when we are talking about uh, product manager and what they should focus on at the beginning of their career, you mentioned two things. Number one, to win over the team. Yeah. And number two, to really come with a learning mindset. Is yes. there anything else you would like to add? If you're at the beginning of your career, I will say like, try to learn about what is happening elsewhere. So I, I, I think one of the things that, help me and because i was a consultant at the beginning it was like learning what was done in other companies so case studies help you a lot because when you tackle the problem maybe you don't know how to do it or maybe you don't know how to tackle it but if you know that there is another company that tackles a similar problem you can take a similar approach or you can say oh this is an inspiration and maybe i can mix something so i think getting a lot of knowledge about what is happening in the field help a lot Help a lot. So that that will be the three things, and I will not say more because after that it's it's going to be too much to be able to analyze <laughs> as an aspiring product manager. Good things come in three. This is what they say, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you have any last words to new or about to be product manager? Yeah, I think I think the last word is is. You know what? Like, don't think you're going to change the world. Just just make things better for the people around you. Um, have fun with your team because this is what is going to come by. At the end of the day, you're going to spend all your days with a team. If you don't have fun with them, it's going to be more, um, you know, struggle uh, than than you know, really living. Um, if you if you consider things like that, you will you will understand that you know the happiness will come every day because you will work on on meaningful thing with your team, and you will try to do what is best. These are some great last words. Phil, has been a wonderful time. Thanks so much for sharing all these great insights. My last question is, when people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Um, first of all, thanks a lot, Danny. Like, it was amazing to be uh, to be there and I've received your, uh, your invitation for this podcast. Um, they can find me on Twitter at uh, PhilArojoPM, PM, sorry. And they can find me on, uh, on LinkedIn also, Same name, Phil Arojo. Um, yeah, that's how they can, they can find me. Cool. Thanks. Then have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Hello again. I hope you liked this episode. If you want others to listen to this amazing story as well, just share this podcast. Furthermore, if you want to share feedback, remarks, want to talk about product management, and or want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter. The name is... Kiwi Denny. Looking forward connecting with you.